you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Amen. Now listen, we're going to be here. Let's, we're going to jump on over here to Hebrews chapter 6. Amen. This may be our final message on this, uh, on this series here on the elementary doctrines of Christ. So let me read this to you one final time in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Ah, to say you read it back to me because you probably should have this memorized by now. Amen. Amen. This, the, the word says here in verse 1, Therefore leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, or as the Amplified says, the elementary doctrines of Christ. He says, let us go on to perfection, let us go on to maturity, not laying again, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, or faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, of the resurrection from the dead, and what we have been discussing since last week, and of the eternal judgment. And of the eternal judgment. Amen. Now we said that last week that we're going to begin. We're going to talk about three different judgments. Amen. That that are part of the of the you know uh, that are part of the New Testament. Amen. The things that we may see. Amen. That that we not necessarily be where we partakers of. Amen. But three judgments that that we shall see. And you say, what are those? That's the judgment seat of Christ. That's the judgment of the nations. That's a white throne judgment. Amen. The white throne judgment. Now listen, just as we spoke of last week, listen, there is one judgment. See, you may not understand any of these things we're about to get into here in a minute, but there is one that you need to understand. Amen. And what was that? That was that our judgment was placed upon him. I mean, our judgment, the judgment that that was supposed to come to you because you are a sinner, because you're rebellious, amen, because you didn't desire to follow the things of God. That, that judgment came upon Jesus, amen, he received it for each and every one of you. Why? So we can sit with Jesus, enthroned with Jesus, amen. Sit at the right hand of the God of the Father with Jesus himself, amen, being heirs and co-heirs with the living God. Well, I'm telling you. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So let's, let's jump on in this. Let's jump on in this uh, and uh, the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. Now, this is the first, first thing that the judgments we're going to go through, and I'll try to get through these real quick. Amen. So I don't, so I don't take up too much more of your time. Amen. But listen, when does this judgment take place? It's going gonna, it's gonna to take place between at the end of this dispensation of grace and by the time of the end of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the judgment seat of Christ. This is the only judgment that pertains to you. Amen. That pertains to the Christian. Amen. So let, let's go there. Let's go to the second Corinthians chapter five. Corinthians. What a good book. Chapter five. Let's study the word for a little bit, amen? Had a nice move of the spirit. Now let's study the word. In verse, where am I at here? Let's uh, say verse six. It says, therefore, we are also confident, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. See, we walk by faith when we're in this body. Why? Because we're not face to face. We're not as a Greek word, pros. We're not face to face, mouth to mouth with the living God. Amen. So what do we do? We walk by faith. Amen. We walk by faith and not by the things we see. But he continues on here and says, but we are confident and I say willing rather that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I'm telling you, it's not going to take a whole lot of faith when we get to be in the presence of God face to face with him. 
He says, wherefore we labor, that whether we be present or absent, we may be accepted of him. I, I like that. You know, see, this doesn't get taught in the church much, much nowadays, does it? It says, whatever things we are doing, whatever labor you're doing, maybe uh, whether you're present or you're absent, whether you're here on this earth or whether you're in, in his presence, he says, let it all be accepted of him. May, may it be something that glorifies him. Amen, church, I'm telling you, whatever we're putting our hands to, everything that comes out of your mouth, everything that you participate with, does it glorify him? Huh? I mean, so that's, that's scary things. You can't talk about these things. Remember, there's no, there's no works in the church. Well, listen, we need, we need to get back to what the word of God says, because he says faith without works is dead. Amen. Works don't bring us into salvation, but, but works are a product of our salvation. Amen. Why? Because what you believe is what you confess. What you confess will manifest in your life. Amen. So what, so what are we believing in here? What are we yielding ourselves into? I'm telling you, church, we need to get it hooked up. Amen. And make sure everything that we're doing, amen, is, is concerning him. Amen. It's concerning him. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll go there. Listen, church. How do many of you know that everything that we do, we're taking Jesus with us? Amen. We are, we are in union with him. We're in union with him. So everything that we watch on TV, everything we participate with, everything we don't participate with, listen, you're, bring, you're bringing Jesus into it. I mean, everything we're watching on, on the internet, everything we're pulling up on Facebook. You know, I think, I think uh, uh, Carolina was just talking about these things. Amen. Listen, wh- whatever we're doing, whatever we're smoking, what we're not smoking, how much we're drinking, how much we're not participating in the drugs and not partic- participating with adultery. Listen, everything you're doing, you're bringing Jesus with you. I mean, see, Jesus, he doesn't say, yo, you know what? They're not, they're not doing something I don't like. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to sit this one out. No, no, no. I'm telling you, church, whatever you're doing, you're bringing him in. Whether you're praising God, you're bringing him with you. Amen. Whether you're sinning, you're, you're bringing him with you. Amen. If we can get into this place of recognizing these things, church, I'm telling you, you know, there's something that will go off on the inside of you. A little alarm bell will start ringing. Amen. It says, listen, I'm not, I'm not bringing the king in there. I'm not bringing my redeemer, my savior, the one that delivered me out of this lifestyle into that stuff. Amen. I'm not going to yield into that nonsense. Hallelujah. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one of us may receive the things that are done in his body according to what he hath done, whether it's good or bad. Amen. Listen, there's going to be consequences for whatever we've done, both good and bad. Amen. As we come and sit in the presence of Jesus. Amen. At the judgment seat of Christ. At the judgment seat of Christ. Hallelujah. This word, this word judgment seat here, it's the Greek word bema or bema. Amen. And it's a pretty power. It's a pretty powerful term that we need to get our that we need to get our minds and our hearts wrapped around. It literally means it's a tribunal chair or a throne. You could say where rewards and or punishments are gave out. Amen. See, see, every time we think of judgment, listen, we always think of it as a condemning thing. Listen, judgment's not always condemning, and this is what I'm trying to reveal unto us as a church. Amen. So when we're coming into the, to the judgment seat of Christ, listen, Jesus is not coming to condemn each and anything. 
Let me get my words right here. Jesus is not coming to condemn us for anything that we've done here. Why? Because the works we do do not make us a Christian or not. Amen. A belief in who he is and what he's done for us. Amen. And making him a Lord and our Savior in our life does. Amen. So, so it's not coming to a judgment seat for condemnation to where Jesus say, you know what, Carolina, you, you, you made 10 things wrong in your lifetime. You're out. No, see, that's not what Jesus is doing here. So it's not really a condemnation seat of judgment. It's more inclined to a reward seat. Amen. Why? Because reward or condemnation is met out. So when you're coming to this judgment seat, see, see us as the Christian church, we ought, we ought to rephrase that, reshape that. It actually should be the reward seat of Christ. Why? Because Jesus is going to come to us. We're going to come before him, set all of our works, everything that we've done at his feet. And, it, and his refining fire is going to go over these things. And we're going to find out here in a second, some, some will be rewarded and, and some won't be rewarded. But it is the reward seat. Amen. So what does Jesus reward us for? What, what, what is his goal? What does he want us to do? Church, he wants us to reveal the kingdom. He wants us to reveal Jesus into a dying and a hurting world out there. Church, you've got the Savior, the living God living on the inside of you. He's desiring us to do something about it. Amen. In 1 Corinthians, go back one book to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And let's, see, let's see what happens in this judgment. I think I'm going to be here in... Well, I'm way off here. Chapter 3, verse 8. Here we go. Yeah, and I'll start up here at verse 8. It says, it says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. It says, Every, every man shall receive his, his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. I mean, how many of y'all know we are laborers together with God. He goes, you are God's husbandry. You are God's building. You are his temple. He says, according to the grace that God has given unto me, according to, to God's ability that he's placed upon me that I didn't earn, amen, according to his grace, his ability to do everything that he's called me to do, he, Paul says, as a wise master builder, he says, I have, I have built a foundation. I've laid a foundation. He goes, and another builds and uh, builds thereupon. He goes, let, let every man take heed of how he builds thereon. Like every, let every man take heed of what gets placed upon the foundation. Let every man heed what he allows to come in into these ears. What, let every man take heed what he allows to come in through these eyes. Let every man take heed amen, to what they sow unto other people. He says for, in verse 11, he says, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid of Jesus Christ. He says, now if a man builds upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, he goes, for every man's work shall be manifest for the day that it shall declare, because it shall be revealed by fire. And fire shall try every man's works. To what sort it is. I mean, see, it says everything that you've done here on this earth is going to be placed at the feet. And there's a refining fire that radiates off of Jesus. Amen. And it, and it, will, it will judge. It will judge. Amen. What, what, uh, what we've done. Every man work. What sort it is. If it, is, it, is these works of the flesh? Or are these works of the spirit? I mean, it says, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a 
reward. Amen? He shall receive a reward. And if any man's work shall be burnt up, he shall suffer a loss. Amen? But he shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I find that absolutely fascinating. I'm telling you, that's powerful. Amen? Even though we may not have checked every box and did everything correctly here, it says, you know, your works may be burned up, but listen, you're still going to be saved. You're still going to be desired. You're still going to be held upon. You're still going to get to spend eternity with him. Amen. But what, what does this fire do? It critic, I like how the Amplified says that it critically appraises the character and worth of everything that we've done here on this earth. Everything. I mean, that's some good stuff right there. That is some good stuff right there. Hallelujah. You know, it was a man I'd fall after. His name is, his name is Joseph Morris. Yeah, I'd consider him probably one of the, the greatest end times preacher there is. He's a great prophet of God, and he's, a, he's an amazing end times preacher. Amen. And when he's talking, when he's talking about the, the, this, the reward seat of Christ right here, you know, he says, listen, listen, when, when, when these rewards are, are being set out, listen, we're not, we're not going to be receiving gold. You're not going to be receiving riches because, see, these are all carnal things that, that we in this earthly land think, think, think they are valuable, right? But, see, when we get into the place called heaven, the streets are made with gold. Listen, jewels are, are in the foundations of the building and the foundations of the wall. Why? Because those things are not so valuable unto God. What's valuable to God? You. You are. Amen. So, so what's God going to reward us with? What is this reward we get on the things of, of following the will of God for the things of our life, for listening to the Holy Spirit, for praying when, when the Lord said to pray for someone, when stepping out in faith and doing what God has asked us to do, how are we going to receive a reward for these things if he's not going to give us gold, if he's not going to give you a thousand pounds for everything you've done? You know, what is he going to give you? You know, he, you know, Joseph Morris likes into it, and I love this because it brought some great revelation to me. It's like, it's like ribbons or medals, amen, or trophies. Amen, God will, be, God will be handing these out. Jesus will be handing them out and teaching every one of us as a reward. Amen. Not something to be fighting over against, amen, but something Jesus is saying, listen, listen, yeah, you went to church, you showed up. Yeah, you, you fought for that. Yeah, you stepped out in faith for that. Yeah, you heard the Holy Ghost. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Yeah, I saw you're studying the Word of God. Here's one. I saw it when you prayed for that person. You, I, I saw that person that, you, that got saved through the words that you spoke. Yeah, here, here's another reward. Here's another reward. Here's another reward. Amen? You say, why do you do that? That sounds like, kind of like, like a competition thing. Listen, this, you know, it's, not, it's not a competition thing. I like to do it more like... Like when you see a general walking down the street or you come into the presence of a general and they're, and they're all in their, in their, their fine dressed uniform, amen? They have, they have all their medals from the top of their chest to the bottom of their chest looking. But how many of you walk up to that general and say, man, man, I deserve what you got. Man, that's not fair that you have all those things. Now, what do you do? You walk up to that man and you have honor and respect, Amen for what, for what that man's done. You have honor and respect for, for that person because they were sold out to the mission. Amen. See, this is, and this is the way we're going to look at people when we get to heaven. When you see rewards and see people, you're like, like, man, man, I can't believe you did all those great things, Tabitha. And I, you know, I, I didn't do any of those things, man. You, get, you need to give me some of those. No, no, people come and look at you with honor and respect and say, man, thank you. Thank you for being noble. Thank you for, for honoring the cause. Thank you, Ross, for, for honoring the cause. Man, man, Jesus rewarded you with these things. Man, man I, I honor you. 
I honor you for, for being sold out to the kingdom. I mean, the reward seat of Christ. I mean, thank God. I'm telling you, Jesus doesn't have to reward us. I mean, thank God that he does. Amen. Thank God that he loves us enough to pour out, pour out these things for us. Amen. Now listen, let's, let's see. Um, yeah, let's, let's go ahead there. Let's, in, in Matthew 25, this is, the, this is the judgment of the nations. And I'll make this real quick. This one's an easy one to go through. The judgment of the nations. Amen. So they come into the presence of Jesus. Amen. It says, and when, and when the Son of Man, and when the Son of Man shall come upon his glory and his holy angels with him, he shall sit upon the throne of glory. When's that going to come? That's when he comes down and he starts making his, his throne here on this earth as a, as a millennial kingdom. He says, and before him shall be gathered all the nations, and he shall separate them the, as a shepherd divides the sheep and divides the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. Yeah, I find it pretty amazing. This Greek word is poimena. It means, it means a shepherd. It means a pastor is what that means. Why? Because Jesus is our pastor. Amen. He comes and he, and he separates the sheep on one side on his right hand, the place of authority. And then he comes over here and he separates the goats on this other side, the left hand, the ones that's left out. Amen. You say, why does he, why does he use sheep and why does he use goats? Listen, because sheep are obedient. I mean, sheep will follow. They don't have to be driven. You don't have to use a, a, uh, a cattle prod to get sheep to move. No, no, they follow their shepherd. As, as the shepherd walks, they follow him. Amen? They're not rebellious. Amen? They, they're, they're easy easy to be led in the things that they do. They adhere to authority. But see, goats are quite the opposite. I mean, they buck up against authority. Amen. They push back. Amen. They have to be, they have to be, you know, herded in a direction. They won't follow. Why? Because they don't want authority on their life. Amen. So Jesus, what is he doing? He's separating each and every one of them. You know, a quick story. Uh, you know, Kimberly, we lived out on, we lived out on a, on a few bit of acreage when we lived on the west side of Houston. And Lane, when he was just a wee boy, I don't know, probably about this big, you know, back in the time where he never wore clothes and ran everywhere outside, you know, hallelujah. He took off, he took off running outside the door and Kimberly just following after him, following down the road. Well, she saw there was one of the, one of our neighbor's goats got out, amen, and he was sitting over there by a pond that was on the property. And, and so Kimberly gets up closer and that, and that, that goat, I'm telling you, got demonic like. Amen. And just put his head down and started charging at Lane full speed ahead with those, with those nasty little horns that had on his head. And, and Kimberly got, just like any good mother would do, you know, she gets right in the middle of it. She's, she's holding Lane in one hand, trying to fight off this, this demonic goat with, with the rest of her body. And she got, she got beat up and abused, but just like a good old Texas girl, you know, she whooped that goat and it, and it took on and went on about her way. And she came back up to me and she had, she had bruises from like the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I'm like, what in the world happened? to you that, that stinking demonic goat down there you know i'd like to go kill the goat if it wasn't if it wasn't my neighbors amen but see th this is the way goats are they're absolutely rebellious 
Amen. What do you do? What do you do when you see them out in the field? You never see it. You never see a car with them out in the field. Why? Because they'll be up on top of that car. Amen. They're foul. Amen. They're, they're foul little beasts. Amen. That's why we're not goats. We, we are sheep. Amen. We need, we need to start acting like sheep. Glory to God. Amen. And so it says, it says he separates them, one on the right and one on the left. And the king says unto him, he says on the right hand, he says, come and the blessed of my father inherit the kingdom, which is prepared from the foundations of the world. He says, when I, when I hungered, you gave me meat when I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink when I was a stranger. You took me in when I was naked. You clothed me when I was sick. You visited me when I was in prison. You came unto me. He said, and the righteous angel said, when did we do all these things, Lord? We, I, I didn't do any of these things for you. I never saw you. I never did any things to you. And Jesus piped up and he said, as much as you have done in verse 40, as much as you've done to one of the least of my brethren, uh, as you've done to the least of my brethren, amen, he, he said, you've done it for me. Who is his brethren? Church, that's us. You know, Jesus, when, when, it, when it, his family, his brothers and sisters and his mother were coming to visit him, you know, the crowd started to part and say, listen, Jesus, Jesus, amen, your, your mother, your brothers and your sisters, they're, they're out here to visit you. And Jesus looked at the crowd and he said, who, are my, who is my mother and my brothers? He goes, my mother and my brothers are those that hear the word of God and they do it. Amen. Are there any brothers of Jesus in here? Are there any sisters of Jesus in here? There's one prerequisite. You hear the word of God and you submit to it. Amen. Then you do it. Amen. Jesus says, anyone, anyone that does anything for the smallest one of these, he goes, you're doing it as to me. Enter in. Amen. But then he turns over to the, to the goats on the left-hand side. He said, you... You depart from me, you curse it into everlasting fire, which prepared for the devil and his angels. Amen. Why? Because you didn't, you didn't come after me. You didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't do that. You didn't do these things for me. They said, well, Lord, we never saw you either. He said, as little as you did for everyone else, amen, as, as much as you walked in pride and only considered yourself and everything here on this world, just like your father, Satan, I'm going to give you permission, amen, to go spend eternity with the, with the God you served Every day here in your life. I'm telling you, church, these things are serious. I'm telling you, hell is real. Amen. And Jesus is drawing a line right down the middle of it. Amen. He's saying, choose. Amen. Choose. Choose which day, choose which day what you will serve. Amen. Amen. Now let me jump on to the last one. And sorry for being kind of brief on these. I probably could have talked a pretty good while, but, but it looks like Daniel's ready to go here, so I'm going to have to try to preach fast. Amen. I'm just, I'm just joking, brother. I'm just joking. Amen. So the white throne judgment. Amen. What is the white throne judgment? Listen, church, this judgment has nothing to do with you. Amen. Has nothing to do with us. Right, Daniel? Has nothing to do with us. The white throne judgment has to do, it's the judgment of the wicked. Amen. So turn with me here to Revelations chapter 20. Amen. We'll finish this one up and we'll get on out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Revelations chapter 20 and verse, this starts talking about in verse 11. This is the white throne judgment. Amen. When is this taking place? This is taking place at the end of the millennial reign. Amen. After the millennial reign, when, when Jesus has been down here on this earth for a thousand years, amen, ruling and reigning as king. And as he's ruling and reigning as king, he already locked, he already locked Satan up a thousand years earlier, right? After, after the end of the tribulation. And what happens? He releases Satan one more time. You say, why in the world if he has him locked up, why in the world would he release Satan again? 
Why? Because there's people, there, there's natural people just like you and me that, that weren't in their glorified bodies that didn't come down for heaven that lived through the tribulation and they just stepped into the millennial reign. And when they stepped into the millennial reign, they're just like you and me, except there's, there's no sin. Amen. There's no, there's no evil. Amen. It says that the child will begin to walk the lion. Amen. Child, children put their hands in an, in an, an adder's nest and pull out snakes, the most poisonous snakes in the world. And they'll begin to play with them. Why? Because the wolf is now laying down, down with the lamb. Amen. It is going to be an absolute perfection, amen? But see, they don't sin. Why? Because there is no evil here on this earth. There is no manipulator here on earth. All you have is Jesus, amen? But see, our God is just. I mean, I know that he's just. I mean, he gives them the same opportunity to love him just like he's given us the same opportunity. Amen. So what does he do? He releases Satan. Amen. And Satan comes upon the world. And I'm telling you, it blows me away. Every time I read this, I'm telling you, it actually, it it irritates me and it makes me angry. Amen. That people that have been sitting in the presence of God for over a thousand years, no one dying, people getting healed. You know, it doesn't matter if you're not in your glorified body or not. People are falling off, falling off the houses and and you're going to, and you're going to have Cynthia and you're going to have Lane and you're going to have everyone else come forward. They're going to lay hands on sick. They're just going to pop right back up. Why? Because everything is going to be in perfection. Amen. But when Satan gets loosed, he goes around and starts manipulating people just like he's doing now. Amen. And what happens? Every, all these people have been in the presence of the king face to face. They say, you know what? I'm not going to serve him anymore. I'm going to serve this foul devil. Amen. I'm going to step over here. I'm going to start serving him. Why? Because it just sounds like a whole lot more fun over here. You say, why is that? Because some people just will not serve God. I mean, they just will not serve God when they get the choice to do it. Amen. What happens? It says that he, he gathers together an army. That's like the, like the multitudes of the sand of the seashore. Billions of people. Billions of people. And what happened? The father just sends down fire from heaven. Devours them all. Why? Because our father ain't playing. Amen. And he devours them all. He, he casts Satan by his word, casts Satan into the lake of fire for eternity where he's with the false prophet and the antichrist. Amen. For eternity. Not for temporary, for eternity. Amen. That's a done deal. Amen. Then we pick up in verse 11. It says, And I saw a great white throne... And him that sat upon it, whose, whose face was as the earth of, of heavens fled away. Listen, listen, I'm telling you, you know this is the Father coming down from heaven. Why? Because, because the earth and the heavens start running away from his presence. It says, and they were found no place for him. He says, and I saw the dead, the small and the great stand before God. And the books were opened and other books were opened which were the books of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in these books according to their works. It says in the sea, the sea gave up the dead, which were, which were in it. The dead in hell were delivered from, from the dead, which were in them. And they were judged, everyone, according to their works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And whosoever was not found, whosoever's name was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Woo! Woo! Thank God that doesn't concern us. Thank God that doesn't concern us. I'm telling you, everything that is dead, everything that was separated from God, now, now gets placed in his presence. And he brings forth two books for him. You find that interesting, huh? He brings two books. He brings the, the Lamb's Book of Life, 
And he brings what? Another book, the book of their works. Why? Because see, if, they're not, or if their name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, then see, our God is just. He looks, at, he looks at all the works they've done. And if there's sin in their life, listen, church, you fail. You fail. Amen. And what does the word say? All of us, every one of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. So what happens? He looks at it, looks at it, looks at it, you know, and he casts every one of the rebellious people into the lake of fire. I'm telling you, that is a difficult thing. The book of life, the Lamb's book of life. How many of you guys know that our God's a faith God? You know, if you look at Revelations chapter 3, verses 5, you'll see that our God says that he blots out your name. Not our name, but he blots out the names of the people that, that don't receive him. I mean, you say, well, why does that mean he's a faith God? Because, listen, our God has placed everyone's name in this, in this book. Everyone's name is in this Lamb's book of life. Amen. And he gives you to the last breath that you have here on this earth to receive him, to, to receive what Jesus has done for you. Amen. And if not, your name doesn't get a line stricken through it. It gets blotted. It gets completely erased where there's no trace of your name ever being in there. Again, you say, why is that? Because he cast it as far as the east is from the west. He, he, casts, he takes it out of his memory. Why? For, for be removed from me, for I never, I never knew you. Whew. I'm telling you, that's a, that's a tough part. To, we should have we ended on the, on the uh, reward seat instead of the, the white throne judgment. But I'm telling you, these things are real, church. I'm telling you, hell is real. I don't care what some of, some of this rubbish that's on the internet nowadays. I'm telling you, hell is real. Heaven is for real. Amen. And we have a choice to make while we are here. Amen. Who we are going to serve. Amen. Listen, church, I'm telling you, we, it, it is time that the church wakes up. And you say, why is that? Because I'm telling you, you may be the only example, amen, of Jesus that someone gets to see. Here, you may be what, what it snatches them out of the pit of hell. Amen. He's trusted you with us. It's time. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for us to get pressed in. It's time for us to allow him to use us as he desires to use us. Amen. Allow ourselves to be an image bearer of Jesus in everything that we do. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, your, for, for, your, for what your word says regarding the judgment, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that in your goodness, Lord, we don't have to participate in this white throne judgment, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that, that we are sealed in you. Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. We've made the decision, Lord, and we decree and declare that we're going to continue to make that decision every waking breath that we have, Lord, that we're going to serve you all the days of our life. Lord, you're not just our Savior. Lord, you are our Lord. Amen. We submit ourselves unto you in everything that we're doing, Lord. We, we are making the decision, amen, that we're waking up, amen, that we are going to snatch people out of hell. We're going to, we are going to preach the gospel. We're going to heal the sick. We are going to cast out devils. We may take up serpents. We would drink any deadly thing. Lord, these things can't come against us. Lord, we are going to be a people that speak in new tongues, Lord, because we are bearers of your image and everything that we do. 
Lord, you didn't say that we're just going to be able to do almost the same things that you do. No, you told us, you gave us a promise. You say, when I give you my spirit, Lord, the same things that I do, you're going to do as well. But even greater things than these because you're going to the Father. That's what is in heaven. So we thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. Lord, Lord, give us the ability to press into the things of God, Lord, to where we can receive the rewards that you have for each and every one of us. Hmm. Lord, that we can be a blessing to our city. Lord, that we won't be a curse unto the city. No, we'll be a blessing to the city. Lord, that, we, that we'll have a heart to change this place from the inside out. Hmm. Lord, that we will reveal you into a dying and a hurting world. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. And as is the tradition of this church, Lord, we stand on Psalms 91 that says that no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling place. For you give your angels charge over us to, to keep us in all of our ways, to bear us up in your hands, lest we dash our, our feet against the stone. Lord, we dwell in the secret place. We've made the commitment to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We thank you, Lord. Your word says a thousand may fall at our side, ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Why? Because we are your children. We're children of the Most High God, abiding, hearing from your Spirit, being led and directed by everything that you do. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We thank you for this church. We thank you for these people. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the mandate that you've given us for this city, Lord, to flip it upside down, Lord, by the power of your word and the power of your spirit. So we walk out of here in faith and love towards you, walking out of here in love towards one another, thanking you, Lord, for the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be thanking you, Lord, to hear that island church. We are covered by the blood. We are empowered by the word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the heart of the city on number 20A Queen Street and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk.